Hey guys, it's 2 a.m. and we've got some thoughts. Let's dive in. You've got hosts, Chrissy. And Adriana. Julia, friend of the pod. Hey, it's Ray. (laughs) On today's episode, we're going to talk about Trump trying to privatize the USPS system Chrissy and I are going to give a review on Beyonce's new visual album, Black is King. We're also going to talk about PDA couples in Fuego or No Go. Spoiler alert, it's a no-go. Julia's going to be rambling also about her ghost hunting origin story and the different types of houses she explores today. And we're going to wrap it up with story time with Weona about this one time we went to a drag show in Nashville and had to deal with some very interesting men. Now we're going to kick off our podcast with our current events section and something that's in the news is the question of will the USPS system get privatized? Basically, President Trump is arguing that the USPS system should be privatized. This is because he thinks that there's going to be a lot of voter fraud committed by the time people all send in their mail-in ballots, which is going to be a lot larger of the percentage of The U.S. this year, because of COVID, nobody really wants to vote in person. Due to the overwhelming amount of people that will be requesting this, they're worried that all of the different states will get very overwhelmed and not be able to count the votes by the time they would need to for the big elections happening this year. And because of that, the right person might not be elected into office due to voter fraud. So that is President Trump's argument currently. However... What he hasn't spoken about is that the USPS system, being a public system, is very important for a lot of people in the U.S. Privatizing the postal service system, it's going to affect all these American people living in rural areas by making shipping costs more. They're going to take longer for their packages to arrive, such as like medications. Businesses that depend on the USPS system could face higher shipping costs, then the consumers would have to face higher prices to pay for the shipping costs, then the businesses would have lower profits. So in addition to being a lot more expensive, especially for people like Ray was saying that rely on this for small businesses and you know don't necessarily have access to things that other people do like internet access, there is still a huge percentage of Americans that still pay their bills by mail. 50% of Americans get their medications delivered by mail and a lot of them are elderly. So taking away this privilege for a lot of people in the U.S. would just become very unreliable and just not convenient for most people. One thing that particularly stood out to me when I heard this, I mean, privatized mail would be like, you know, FedEx or UPS, which is always way more expensive. Like you can get a flat rate envelope from the post office and it's just so much more efficient. Another thing that I do not like about that is that UPS and FedEx, technically, you know, they're private companies. They can do what they want. They, if they like see anything suspicious and they decide to like go through your packages, they can totally do that. The USPS can't. That seems like a an obvious thing. You don't want to like privatize it and like have people go through stuff. What kind of stuff are you sending? Well, I, <laughs> just, just some things that need to <laughs> get sent out. And I didn't appreciate the judgment faces that... <laughs> I was receiving during that little speech. 
Yeah, you might not think that it's necessarily important. I know not that many people send letters as much anymore, but there are a lot of people that do rely specifically on this system to be public. And just the argument that it's going to create voter fraud is just such a leap of an opinion. Yeah, save the USPS system. Yeah. It's got to be public. And save Julia's small business. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, slander. Moving on to our segment, Are You Not Entertained? Are you not entertained? We'll be reviewing Beyonce's Blackest King visual album, which released on Disney Plus on July 31st. And it essentially is telling the Lion King story through the lens of black culture. So we wanted to start it off by saying we saw this article that mentioned only 4% of users actually watched opening weekend, which seemed very strange to us because Beyonce is such a phenomenal public figure that you would assume everyone would at least try to watch it, but maybe visual albums aren't necessarily that integrated yet into pop culture. Mm -hmm. But the people that did like it, there were a lot of mixed reviews. A lot of people thought it was very visually stunning. The music was incredible. It really showed what African culture was like and the history of it. Then you had other people who disagreed. They thought it was an appropriation of black culture because there was a lot of animal imagery from the different dancers and actors within the visual album that they felt was inappropriate. There were also a lot of people that had issues with the title itself. Black is King, a lot of people were arguing that it's not cool to call out one race, saying that they're above others, and that the specific name Black is King is offensive in that retrospect. And then there was actually a huge group of people from the Christian community that didn't like the title as well because their argument was that Jesus is king. So those were those were the big highlights for why people weren't necessarily satisfied with this visual album. But Chrissy and I really liked it, yeah, personally. We, yeah, we really liked it. Starting off with the music, we thought it was really good. My favorite song was Brown Skin Girl because it had a lot of cameos for all these black female celebrities. There was like Lupita in there. Kelly Rowland. Yeah, she brought in Kelly Rowland. Her daughter was in it. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. It was honestly my favorite too. And I think the song was beautiful because it was kind of an anthem for young black girls, which is great. And it, it started off with this cool cotillion, debutante, mm -hmm. ball scene. And it was a bunch of younger black girls yeah. that were going through it and singing the song and Beyonce spearheaded yeah. the whole thing and it was just a very beautiful image that you don't normally see. In addition to the music, we just thought the cinematography was amazing. The visuals were so stunning. They're, the colors were amazing. The sets were really cool. Mm -hmm. They went from both nature, being immersed completely in nature with a lot of biblical scenes like a baby in a river coming down, shifting over to being in this huge mansion where they had this epic party and then back eventually into nature so there were so many different cool sets and the lighting and visuals were just so stunning and the other thing that we are obsessed with were the costumes mm -hmm. the costumes yes. were ridiculous yeah there were over 30 outfit changes actually yeah my personal favorite was i don't even remember what number this was but beyonce wore this beautiful multicolored ruffled dress mm -hmm. and there are already people on instagram that are 
dressing up like her from that very scene and doing makeup just like her. I mean, she looked like she glowed through the entire film. And every single outfit fit the vibe of each number so well because there were some ballads there. There were some dance numbers. So, like, also choreo was amazing. And there were some that were a lot more subtle and classy and then other costumes that were, like, very outrageous. And in a weird turn of events, I actually really liked her outfit in mood forever and it was actually an animal print and I normally if you know me you know that I hate animal print which is funny because I'm from New Jersey but I absolutely hate it especially leopard cheetah print I think it's so tacky no offense to anybody who likes it but I for some reason I liked it when she did it I don't know maybe Beyonce just can do no wrong because she, she made me like animal print I don't know and then she also had a couple of they weren't even outfits but they just painted her body yeah that was really cool it was so cool I mean she has a beautiful body <sighs> and it just really <laughs> highlighted that she's definitely an artist I mean I think that every every musician has something about them that they're really good at, whether it's they're just a really great vocalist, they are good at dancing, they're good at performing, they're just artistic. And I think that Beyonce falls into the category of just being able to create a lot of art in her music. I mean, this visual the fact that she even has done two visual albums now just goes to show that she's so creative and likes to take a lot of creative liberties and likes to do a lot of things that are different than what's being done. And she's definitely, I would argue, the probably the best entertainer of our time. Yeah. She's she's got it all. Really brilliant and talented. The only thing Chrissy and I didn't like mm-hmm. is it was supposed to be about Lion King, yeah. but we forgot that halfway through. But from a visual standpoint and music and choreography and mm-hmm. costume, just everything was stunning. Yes. Very and well executed. Yeah, we don't completely understand all of the narrative (laughs) because it's such a high concept, I think, visual album. But from what we did gather, we really liked it and we hope more people watch it. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend. All right, all right. So now we're going to move on to Fuego or No Go. So this week's topic is going to be PDA couples. Now, this is a very controversial topic. Are PDA couples cool? You know, it's really great to show affection to your significant other and, you know, be super loving to them because that's what relationships are for. But do other people need to see your PDA? Negative. (laughs) Definitely not. We don't want to see you making out. I will say I actually got into a tiff with people I work with (laughs) about kissing in public. And it specifically came up because I was talking about these two teenagers who had braces were making out with each other wildly in a Disneyland ride line in front of all these kids and families. And I just feel like that's so inappropriate. You are so young. I literally see your braces. (laughs) And you're on top of each other. It's like there was no breathing room, no room for Jesus. It just <laughs> was it was too much and they were right literally right in front of me so I couldn't really look anywhere else and it was a really enlightening experience and it made me never want to do that ever <laughs> but yeah we just want to talk about it because obviously there are some very affectionate people out there in this universe and want to show love all the time specifically we want to talk about Instagram and how social media definitely amplifies all of the we couples as we so fondly like mm-hmm. to call them Chrissy you want to tell people what we couples are so we couples are those couples that definitely act more as a single unit so when people 
think of them, they usually think of them as one. You guys know by now I'm in a relationship, but I feel like there's a difference between, you know, being a unit and being a healthy couple and like having people know that versus they are your whole life. You can't do anything without them. And the reason we call them we couples is because they literally use the pronoun we, we. when referring to themselves. And instead of I or myself, they literally call themselves we. we. The best part is when they don't even say that it's them and their significant other. They just kind of expect people to know that when you say we, we. they're talking about them and their significant other. I'm going to be real with you. I probably was a we couple at one point. <laughs> I'm going to shade myself real quick. No shame. I think you've all been there. Hopefully. <laughs> we've all done it. We've all done it. We will be going to the party. <laughs> we can't go. We can't go. I think I said that to your birthday party <laughs> two years ago. Probably. Um, we've been there, so we're not trying to shade people. We yeah. just want to throw that out there. But I want to talk about um, really annoying Instagram habits that we find annoying. Social media definitely amplifies everything. You have the national days, like mm. national boyfriend and girlfriend day. If it's just like an extremely attractive picture of you and your boyfriend or you're just your boyfriend, it's just kind of odd. Yeah. And you're just kind of using it to show it off. Which brings us into our next point, <laughs> Valentine's Day. Mm. Oh my God, cancel the holiday now. <laughs> I don't want to see your couple pictures on Valentine's Day. Nope. I don't care if you're in a relationship, not in a relationship. I've been on both sides and I hate it both ways. Yeah. It just is so frustrating to see sometimes. Like we were just talking about how we feel like the most lovey-dovey couples on Instagram are always the ones who fight the most yep. behind the scenes. Valentine's Day especially has become who has the most, you know, romantic significant other. Yeah, to the point where it's almost a competition of like, okay, who's the better couple? Who has like the most affectionate or like best boyfriend or girlfriend? And that's the point. If you're happy, you're happy and just enjoy your time with your significant other, but you don't mm -hmm. have to broadcast it to the world. No, we don't want to see your roses. Right, exactly. <laughs> we don't want to see it. I'm. It's lovely that your boyfriend bought you roses and I am for it, mm -hmm. but we don't need to see it. Yeah, there's like a bunch of other random Instagram stuff that used to bug me, especially when I was younger. Yeah, teenage couples are definitely the worst when it comes the to worst. this. <laughs> Literally the worst. Like when I was in high school, I knew this guy that just really wanted a girlfriend. And I think it was our senior year where he finally got one. And literally every Wednesday, he woman crush Wednesdayed his girlfriend. Oh God. And it was just the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Just because it was like almost the same picture too, every single time. Yeah, and it, it just kind of goes back to the points that we've been making about posting a lot of things about your significant other on social media. It just kind of seems like you're doing it to prove something. The other thing we were talking about too were bios. Mm -hmm. I don't know if people still do this, but I've <laughs> seen it in my time where their bios will write taken and then they'll tag their actual significant other in yeah. it. I don't know if you're just trying to prevent your significant other from cheating. Like, that's, that's what it seems like. Just claiming them, you know. Like, hey, by the way, if you're looking at my boyfriend's profile, don't. Yeah. The other thing that we wanted to mention, which is probably, actually, this is probably the biggest issue. People who only post pictures of their significant other seems kind of problematic. Yeah, and I feel like that just kind of brings it back to that initial intro about we couples. It really is just that. The whole idea of... You don't really have your own life outside of your significant other. You don't know how to just be an individual at that point. And I don't know. I just feel like it just seems like you kind of lost yourself in the relationship. And that's just kind of sad to me. I feel like we've all been there probably at some point. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll definitely admit it. I've been there. 
Yeah, I mean, we get it. Like when, especially when you just start dating someone, like you're very obsessed with the person you're dating a lot of the time. But I think also, I think for your first love, like it's definitely expected. Right. But if it continues, that's where I feel like that's where the problem. Yeah, like years down the road, where that's just the norm for you. I'm like, okay, uh, do you do anything else besides hang out with your significant (laughs) other and said significant other's friends? Those we couples, they have all the same friends, couple friends. Yeah, and like and couple friends within that too. So what happens if you guys, you know, God forbid, break up and then what are you gonna do i mean do you have any of your own friends yeah like make sure you have those solid people Mm -hmm. in your life and i think this is just coming from the fact that chrissy and i are also like kind of independent people so i mean take everything we say with a grain of salt right yeah we just feel that pda is meant for well it's public display of attraction yeah so i guess we don't agree with it so we just don't agree with pda we just don't like it we think you know it's totally cool to do it behind closed doors or if you have private moments honestly a kiss here and there I think is fine. Yeah. But just like the overarching trying to prove that you are the strongest couple on yeah. social media and all other arguments are invalid is just kind of odd to us. Yeah. But yeah, I'm down with PDA. <laughs> Moving on to Julia Rambles for this week, Julia will be telling the story about her ghost hunting experiences. Yes, this has been pretty widely requested. By widely, I mean maybe what, like two people have asked for it? Two of your fans? Yeah, two of my fans, <laughs> which to me is a pretty big deal that people would request anything from me, except, you know, that I'd stop speaking. But anyway, <laughs> ghost hunting, yeah, I put it right on my Instagram bio. I just really blast that information out there. I am a ghost hunter. So let's dive in. So most of my family, very, very into ghosts. Some are very sensitive, varying degrees of any kind of energies in the room, just weird stories, dreams. So it's something that we're all definitely into. That and we're obsessed with ghost shows. I mean, Ghost Adventures is my favorite thing in the world. I just, I treasure it so much. So all of those, I guess, factors led into the natural next step of, huh, I should try ghost hunting. So yeah, I actually, when I was in college, I was in a ghost hunting club. I want to make fun of myself too. That's, I mean, that's so dumb. Who does that? But we didn't really do anything with it. We didn't get to do any of the EVP recorders, you know, capture ghost voices, anything fun. Um, We did like a few like random little small campus. Oh, this theater's haunted. Let's go into the basement and see if we can get anything, things like that. So I kind of took matters into my own hands and I went to my first official ghost hunt in Weston, West Virginia at Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. This place closed in 94, so not that long ago really. But the old hospital is still up. You can still tour it. They do all-night ghost hunting tours. You pay 100 bucks, which I think is a good, fair price point. It weeds out the riffraff who are going to go and mess with you. You're in there from like 11pm to 6am. There's so much out there in the world. And the other side. On the other side. Yeah. You sound crazy. I, I am crazy. <laughs> so from this little thing in West Virginia at the asylum, we were like, oh my God, we should make our ghost hunting Instagram. So me and my sisters made white girl noise, which plan white noise. And we are, we are white girls. Um, <laughs> In the worst kind of way. We got t-shirts. So it was super fun. Like, oh my god, here's our like ghost hunting crew t-shirt. It says like paranormal investigator on the back. But when you wear that in public, people think you know what you're talking about. I was at Queen Mary in Long Beach. We just happened to wear the shirt. And then people were stopping to ask me history of the boat and why it was haunted. But yeah, so I've also done the Manson Murder House, which is a whole 
situation story for another time but um did an all-night ghost hunt there have stayed in a couple haunted hotels by choice <laughs> so copper queen hotel in bisbee arizona it was an old mining town really old hotel so there's two haunted rooms in this hotel one of them is actually julia's room and then the other room is the little boy's room billy so we were in billy's room by mistake by the way. Anyway, this kid is playing in like a nearby creek. He drowns. But for some reason, his ghost haunts the hotel. So a lot of people on that floor are like, you know, you hear like kids running around in the middle of the night. They have the room decorated with like pictures of this kid, which is a little what? unsettling. No, there's like framed oh. pictures of it above the TV. Like on the wall, there's like a creepy portrait and very in your face. So yeah, I was a little nervous to go to sleep. Also, it didn't help that all my family took up all the bed space. So I had to sleep in this like creepy cot in the corner. <laughs> Great. I love this. At one point in the middle of the night, I needed to use the bathroom. And so I was sitting there and saw something go towards the bathroom over my shoulder and at first I just thought mm, someone's going in the bathroom and then the more I thought about it that moved way too quick my family's not that fast and it was really low to the ground but I sat up and no one was in the bathroom I thought somebody was and I got down to the front desk the next morning and was like so is that a normal thing in that room and they're like oh shadow figures yeah now that happens like all the time and they were super <laughs> unamused and didn't care about my story no I mean haunted hotels great way to like makeshift ghost hunt walk through the hall with all your uh, gear highly recommend that people try ghost hunting out even if you think it's stupid try it it's the best and i would love to dive into more of these stupid stories another day <laughs> guys now we're gonna move on to story time with Weona we're gonna talk about this time where Chrissy and I went to go surprise Julia for her 25th birthday when she had a bit of a Nashville stint and we successfully surprised her and her sister Annie was the one who actually organized it all so we all decided to you know pal around in Nashville and we wanted to go to this really fun kind of spooky themed drag show when we ran into this group of guys but basically they stopped us in the streets as heterosexual men do and asked if all, all frantic yeah he was just like ladies ladies we have a problem we have a really big problem we ignored him and he's just like we have too much money and of course we're all annoyed we just want to go to this drag show so we ignore them yeah. and keep walking essentially to go to our drag show and we get there, everything's fine and dandy. We go to the bar, order some drinks, and all of a sudden we hear yeah. a very familiar voice say to us, oh, what are we drinking? And we turn and it's the group of guys from the street. So then he was like, oh my gosh, when was the last time that a guy left you speechless? <laughs> you ladies are speechless. Mm -hmm. And we're like, yes, we are. Not in the way that you think. No. No. Yes. So shocked. We're speechless because you followed us into this yeah. bar. You bought tickets. You bought tickets to a drag for show. For a drag show. We're afraid. So anyways, we find out that this crew basically consists of a guy named Big Joe. Not to be confused with his son, Little Joe. Yes. So he also has a son called Little Joe. And the two of them essentially work on his construction yeah, company like they build restaurants. Like restaurants yeah they yeah something like that but essentially they were visiting nashville the group of them that work for this company big joe's company and they wanted a fun night out in nashville <laughs> so of course they followed us Big Joe then buys us the drinks he actually added me on facebook right there at the bar side note because he has all of us if yeah. he had facebook's all of us said, no, we don't, because that's what most women would do when they don't want a creepy man to add them on their personal Facebook page. Yeah. Julia, the only one, saying, 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I You are an old man, and this is going to be, like, I see potential here. And, you know, I don't regret it. Anyway, he adds me on Facebook. He walks off. We think we're done. We're not. But one friend lingered behind. Big Joe clearly took liking to Julia. And then he proceeded to intro the rest of his friends and say, Hey, look, there's someone in the group for everyone. All sizes. Because the one guy was shorter, and I myself am also short. I'm 5'1". <laughs> So he said, yeah, look, there's even the fun-sized one. And that's when this guy, the short one of the group, decides to start hitting on me. So he, he looks at me, he's like, wow, takes a step back and says, God bless America. <laughs> yes, there was a dramatic pause The pause there. was everything to mm -hmm. me. It was everything. Yeah, it was great. So we get to our seats, and I'm sitting with Annie because these are tables of two, and Chrissy and Julia are sitting behind us in their own small table, and all of a sudden, I just smell this horrifying smell. <laughs> it was basically the personification of B.O. just slides next to me in between Annie and I at this very small table of two, and it's Little Joe. As he's sliding in, and you know, I smelled him first, but then he spoke very soon after, and he said, did you meet harder than you greeted? <laughs> Referring to us literally meeting the drag show queen. So while I'm entertaining little Joe with Annie, uh, Julia and Chrissy are dealing with God Bless America. Yeah. Who also decided to sit near them. Yeah, he pulled up a chair and just sat, like, blocking the stage, by the way. I don't even remember necessarily what he was talking about, but we kept being like, hey, the show's about to start. And he's like, oh, okay, and then would forget. He says it eventually. He's like... I'm not like that. I was like, I know you're not. And he's like, you know I'm not what? And I was just like, oh. He kind of like inched up towards he her. Did. Like he kind of flinched and like almost as if he was going to hit her or something. I was just like, um. So the show is starting and I need another drink from all of these experiences. And I hear Big Joe talking at the bartenders about how excited he is to see the show. And when the show starts, Big Joe just looks so confused. And, you know, he was like, wait, what kind of show is this? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly had no idea it was a drag show. Well, they did tell us, oh, yeah, one of the guys in our group, he's gay, so it's fine. I went to the bathroom. I just see, like, two dudes make it out, like, in the stall next to me. And I'm just like, well, good news. They're distracted. They don't have to see me peeing. So, like, it's fine. Yeah, the one guy was just like, I don't normally do this. And that was the guy from the their group and I was like oh my god no well that's actually happening the guy was like other guy goes I do so I was washing my hands and then I see them come out of a stall and they just were like oh my god we're in the women's bathroom <laughs> and like just scurry on out of there like just flee the scene another like classic Big Joe moment I mean at one point he FaceTimed his ex-wife little Joe's little mom. Joe's mother but like he Tells us, too, he was just like, yeah, whenever uh, Joe's giving me attitude, he's like, I just say, like, well, you know what? I effed your mom. I've never heard anyone reference their baby mama in that way. No. Or to win a battle with their son. Yeah. yeah. About having sex with their mom. It's yeah. So it's just like a mic drop. And he told us at one point, like, he's like, some point tonight, I'm going to throw a hat in the ring. He definitely meant it, too, because at some point, yeah. the show ended and they opened up a second room in the back, which was a dance floor. Yeah. It was super cool. And so the four of us went there and we hadn't heard from or seen the squad. At this point, it had been like hours. But then. Oh, <laughs> out of peripheral vision, 
a hat drops in yeah. the middle of our circle. Big Joe just frisbees it on in there. It lands, and we're just like, Is that no. a hat? In Thrown our, in the ring. In the literal <laughs> ring. And he just comes, like, dancing in from the shadows. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, my God. And he's like, what I say? And what I say? We're just like, oh, oh my God. Oh. He, he actually threw a hat He actually did it. So, moral of the story is, if you are a man and you follow a group of girls into a, a drag show, or perhaps you don't even know what the show is and choose to pay for it, maybe don't. And ladies, remember, even if it is a drag show, it's not a safe place. <laughs> and that was this week's episode of 2AM Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye. <laughs>